skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who might have made the wrong choice in men. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not (laughs) licensed mental health practitioners. No, we are not. I'm chuckling because I love that little teaser for this <laughs> for today's letter, uh-huh. especially because like I read the most recent pile of letters you sent me and there's a big reoccurring theme happening in January 2024 that's like a little upsetting <laughs> to me because like 90% of those letters you sent me were like, "Should I give this shit bag?" Uh, you know, the 57th chance, you know, or like, Uh it was a lot of that. uh, Yeah. I feel like we're in like a new year, same us, you know, like we're just (laughs) (laughs) going back to the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. This, this, today's letter isn't actually like that, but there were so many things of like, 
Well, no, it is kind of like this because it has like a good guy, bad guy sort of <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, this is all to say Sam and I are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit. Um, as a supplement to your other professional mental health resources, we're only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding or, and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. Yes. All right. Let's dive into today's check-in topic. And, uh, the check-in topic today actually comes from a patron who sent us like a bunch of check-in topics. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Whoever you are. Thank you. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Um, and it is still January, 2024 when this episode is coming out. So this is just a reminder that Sierra and I are asking 100 of you to become patrons this month. Uh, we, you know, making this podcast, uh, isn't free. It's free for you all to listen to, which is really wonderful. And we're going to keep it that way. Um, but it isn't free for us to make. And the, the, way that we love to get supported is by patrons because we want to be community funded and community driven. So if you are interested in becoming a patron, if you've been thinking about it, now's the time. Uh, We are really looking for a hundred people this month to come on board. If you support us on for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode, um, which are different than the episodes that air on the main feed. Uh, They're a little bit more Mm -hmm. candid. You get a glimpse into the lives of me and Sierra much more than you might on this podcast. Um, And if you support us at $5 a month, you also get access to our office hours, which are monthly Zoom conversations that we have with folks where you just kind of hop on Zoom with us and we shoot the shit and answer people's questions. They are so much fun. <laughs> like Sierra so and I do them. So much fun. <laughs> and like our our cups are filled up after talking yeah, to folks. So partially because you all are like so much smarter than us. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so like we're like someone will ask a question and Sierra and I will like start to give advice and then like the chat will go off and I'm like, oh no, mm. don't listen to me. Like listen Mm-mm. to all of these wonderful, mm-hmm. smart, brilliant, compassionate people that are part of this community. Um, uh, so it's a great time. We do it every month um, and you get access to that if you support us for $5 a month. And if you choose to support us for a little bit more, which is $10 a month, you can get our primary episodes, the episodes that come out here on your podcast player every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You get those episodes ad-free and all on Monday so you don't have to wait for yes. them to come out throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you we really like Patreon um, because they take a very small cut. Um, and we like the platform. Uh, we like that you can cancel at any time um, if you subscribe monthly. So like you could you could choose to support us just for January to be one of our 100 new patrons or um, you could, you know, continue your subscription, but you can cancel it at any time. So we find it to be a very user friendly platform and creator friendly. So please consider joining us over there. If you have, you know, received any of our advice, um, if you've carried it out into your life, if you just want to give us a tip or support the content that we're making, head over to patreon.com slash just break up pod. Yes. And we are so close to our goal, y'all. So like, if you are like, help us get to that finish line, you just have to sign up. And like Sierra said, that money goes directly to us. There's three people that are part of this podcast. It's me, Sierra and Mm -hmm. Spencer. And so 
the $5 a month that you give us is like $1.50 for each of us, right? Like that mm-hmm. is, that is literally like, we are literally taking it and like putting it into our pocket. <laughs> like that, that is what happened. It's not going to pay anyone but the three of yeah. us. So uh, it is definitely something that we really appreciate. So if you would like more content from us, if you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com slash just break up pod. All right. Let's now that that ad is over, uh, let's dive into the check-in topic. Um, and I really like this check-in topic because it's something that you've talked a lot about on the podcast. Um, and this person was really interested in, you know, your process of learning how to process through some of your emotions, anxieties uh, on your own, as opposed to having to process everything with your loved ones or with Willow. Um, and so I'm curious for you, what does that process looked like for you? So like, when did it start that you sort of thought about like, oh, I actually need to be, you know, supporting myself more than just like constantly seeking validation or acceptance from Willow from other people in your life? Yeah, I loved this question from our patrons. So thank you. Um, And I think it's probably a very relatable one. Like, I think this is a relic of my anxious attachment style and my just general like anxiety level and and people pleasingness that I I have what I would call and like what I've learned from therapy is called like a an outside in sort of processing system where instead of, instead of taking the internal temperature of how I feel about things or what I think I can do, I, f- I immediately first go external when there's anything wrong, when I need to problem solve, when I feel upset or whatnot. Um, I just don't, I didn't feel very versed for so many years of my life in that internal temperature taking, <laughs> which meant that I, one, didn't really you know, in my youth and my younger years, I didn't really develop the problem solving skills that often are needed for self-soothing, you know, and and I'm not, I'm not just talking about like uh, problem solving skills, like how to get a I don't know, a tight jar open. <laughs> that's I'm hard saying though. like, I, you I'm just hand it to Peter. That's my, that's the I way that I do it. I'm so glad my wife is strong <laughs> um, and tall. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, I'm saying, I'm thinking, I'm thinking specifically about things that have been triggered in my relationship that I've historically looked externally for, for support in solving. Um, and I'm practicing now in, 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 I I don't know, self-soothing, I guess. Um, like for example, my, um, I, my anxiety, my anxious attachment gets triggered because my wife and I have a small disagreement and I'm afraid that she's going to leave me now because we had an argument about how often to feed the birds in our neighborhood. I don't know. <laughs> oh, is that an argument that you're I'm having? I'm trying to diverge from the dishes <laughs> argument. Like I, if you're a longtime listener, I always use like washing the dishes as uh-huh. a, as a uh-huh. staple argument in my relationship. And it's just not. So and we don't argue about the fucking birds either. Yeah, I, just... I was going to say that's uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah. How did I start doing that? I, I will say, um, I think I, that process started for me when I realized uh, that over the last several relationships in my life, prior to my c- current marriage, I found myself looking to 
other like unstable people in my life for a sense of stability and just constantly feeling like I'm trying to like, I don't know, catch some sort of break or feel some sort of safeness. And I would be looking to my chaotic partners and be like, help make me less chaotic, affirm me, uh, make me feel less anxious. And they would be like, I too am those things, you know, or or whatever, (laughs) or they would fuel the fire. And so prior to getting with my wife, however many years ago, I recognized within me that like, I didn't have a strong inner compass and I didn't have I knew that those muscles were weaker in me. I knew that I didn't have those, that I knew that that was something that I could work on. So I sort of went into this relationship knowing that that was um, um, a setback that I had in myself. Um, And then my wife was just so, um, she was, she's always just been a, a securely attached person. She's always been really stable emotionally and, I just, I guess I found myself, she would make small comments like, um, you share a lot <laughs> or, like, or like, I know a lot about your exes, you know, she would, she wouldn't say it in like a very complaining way, but like, um, she pointed out gently to me that I processed a lot out loud. Um, number one. And number two, I started noticing that like in the security of our relationship, my anxiety was that much more apparent, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like it didn't, I, it couldn't, ha- my anxiety and and my outward processing that was like a weakness that I saw didn't have anywhere to hide in the stability of our relationship the way that it could normally hide in the chaos of an unhealthy one. Right. So then I had to really decide like, okay, I can see how me constantly going to my partner, you know, while we, while we should always be able to communicate with our partners and we should always be able to ask them for support. I recognize that me always going to her to help her solve my inner grievances or, or whatever they are to affirm me, to tell me that we aren't breaking up. I could see, I had a glimpse into the future that that could potentially, I don't know, exhaust her. And so not for her, but also for her and for me and for us, I decided like, I, I, I think I need to break this cycle a little and let myself sit in that discomfort of like, say we had a small argument, you know, and instead of asking her to resolve, instead of asking her to take away all of that discomfort, learning to sit in it and, and regulate my nervous system and tell myself like, it's okay. It's a small disagreement. We ended it respectfully. We still love each other. And and couples have disagreements all the time. Learning how to sit in that allowed me to recognize that it dissipates. And that then once that nervous system reaction dissipates, I can decide to have the response that I want to have, which is often, honestly, just deciding to move on. I think the anxiously, the more anxiously attached version of me or the more unstable version of me in the past would have a hard time letting things go because I wanted them to feel 100% good again, or I wanted them to feel resolved, or I wanted to be affirmed in every way that you weren't going to leave me or that you weren't mad at me or that you didn't have any bad thought about me ever in your entire life, you know? (laughs) And I've just realized maybe it's like the longevity of our, of our marriage or the stability of it. It's like, I've learned so much easier how I've learned that you kind of just have to 
choose what you want to investigate as a couple and nurture and heal over. And then, and also choose like what disagreements aren't actually indicative of anything bigger than just a small annoyance or a small yeah, disagreement. Right. Like a, you know like a I mean? thing that we just disagree about, right? Which is yeah. like, okay, and we don't have to agree about everything all the time. We can yes. just disagree yeah. and, and still be in meaningful relationship with each yes. other. Yes. And all of my past relationships, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to to move on really. And I that that's like, that gives the wrong connotation. I, it's not that I was like nagging or anything. It's just like, I didn't know that small conflicts could exist harmonious in, in har- harmoniously in a really healthy relationship. Um, I also liked what the patron wrote in the question. I can't remember if you said it or not about like, I think they wrote something like, what's the difference between bottling up your emotions and, in, and independently processing. Yeah. I was going to ask you that question. Cause I, I really like the idea of like, cause I think probably to external processors, not externally processing feels like bottling. <laughs> like yes. I'm, I'm sure it feels like, wait a minute. Am I, am I like cutting myself off? Am I like holding something back? Right. But it is like, yeah. what is the difference between being like, I'm going to choose not to engage in this conversation because I don't think it's going to be helpful versus like, I'm going to keep everything in. Yeah. I think, and I apologize because this is sort of like a weak answer to that, but it really for me has been, because it's still a process for me, it's been about um, the practice, the practice, like the true showing up and practicing it and practicing it and getting it wrong and trying again and practicing um, of, of sitting in feelings and putting space between you and said feelings, time. Like I, my anxious attachment style was such that like, I used to call my significant others at work because I needed to hear them say like everything was okay. Do you know what I mean? Like there was an immediacy to my needing to be soothed. There was like this panic that the world was gonna end if I didn't get that anxious attachment wound soothed in that moment by someone else, right? There was this panic, right? And I've really just tried to sit with the idea that like, I, it's not gonna end. And that time is one of my best friends in, in this process. You're not bottling up your emotions because here's the key. I can, I can, I can self-soothe. I can work through something on my own. And then I know because I'll have so much more clarity after some time, I'll know what I need to talk to my wife about or not. You know, what is a thing if it's still sitting on my heart? If it's still something that feels spiky, then I invite her in because she's welcome, because she wants to help me, because she wants to support me, um, because this is a two. This is a partnership. We're we're teammates, you know. And I think that just learning. So I, it might feel like bottling things up at first, but then you're like, okay, so I've held this on my own for the first I don't know five hours, three days. Who knows? Some arbitrary number. <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> and in those, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Circa me at 23. <laughs> um, uh, and after that amount of time, I can feel how the edges of it have become duller or the need has been quieted or clarity has come to me on a walk about it. And I no longer need to get somebody else's opinion on it or 
more often than not, like if I, if say Willow and I have an argument about bird feed, bird feeders, <laughs> five days later, I might, I might let it go. And then five days later, because I've got space and clarity and time on my side, I can say, Hey, you know what? Um, I don't really care how many bird feeders we have. I see how happy it makes you. Um, and I, I can allow myself to, to be, become more fully into the, to the realizations that I have or whatever. Um, I think that there's, I loved the, that question about bottling it up versus processing it on your own, because I don't think it's as black and white. It could be, it can, it can be, it can feel like both. Um, and it's, it's not meant to be like, I self-soothe all the time or I externally process all the time. It's more about learning to meld the two together in a way that's really sustainable for you and your relationship. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like this is just one of those examples where you and I are so similar and also like so different because like so different. I am such an internal processor that like I have to remind myself that other people want to be part of my process in like figuring things out. Right. Cause like I, my impulse is, is the exact opposite, which is just to like keep everything in, right. Like absolutely bottle everything up. Um, and then like it comes out in weird ways, which is like not super helpful. <laughs> right. And so like my journey has been to be like other people want to be involved in your process with you. Like they want to know what's going on in your head and your heart. And it's not a burden for you to like ask them to process with you or to talk about this thing that is hard for you or that you are frustrated with them about. Um, and I think it is like, it's important to have kind of both of those tools at your disposal. Cause like they can be really effective in different places, but like if you're only using one, then it becomes the issue. Cause it's like, why are you using that hammer to try and unscrew that screw? Like it's not going to work. And I think there's, there's beauty in both of those things, as long as we're doing it intentionally and with like a goal in mind, right? Like, I don't think that externally processing stuff is bad. And I don't think that like holding stuff in is bad. It's just like, how do you find the right blend of it that works for you and yeah. in your relationship? Yeah. And yeah, just to jump on that for one more thing, we're, I'm not talking about like, if, if my wife and I are in an argument, you know, if we are... Mm -hmm if we are in a conflict, I'm not talking about me like reaching my highest, highest self and like calmly walking away from that argument and yeah. being like, I'm going to, I'm going to internally deal with this. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's more about, it's more about those everyday insecurities or small conflicts um, that I, I would have ex historically required the labor of my partner to solve uh, now I'm working on like building up the muscle memory, the emotional muscle memory to soothe myself because, because at the end of the day, I am my greatest teammate, you know, <laughs> in all of this. Um, and I, and I also, I want to bring that, that version of myself to the relationship. For sure. I love that. Cool. Well, thanks to our patron for this check-in topic. If you want to ask us like a direct question like this, you can of course submit to our primary feed, but um, you can submit to our Patreon um, submission box, which is exclusive. It's smaller. So you're more likely to get your letter answered. Um, or you could always join us at one of the office hours, like Sam said, ready to dive into today's letter. Let's do it. Okay. Our letter today is from M.H., whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from My Confused Little Heart. 
Hi, I'm writing to see if I should get over it and move on or if I should rethink my choices. Long story, and I do mean long story, short. I could go into a lot of detail here, but I think it might be best to keep it surface level. I was dating two guys in the summer of 2022, nothing too serious. I was recently divorced and enjoying my singlehood. We'll call one a stable, serious guy and the other wild guy. One guy was a little more insistent that we should get serious with our relationship than the other. And that was stable, serious guy. Stable, serious guy was and is stable, smart, kind, funny, has a house and a real job. We share similar hobbies and he understands me. Wild guy was chaos, unstable (laughs) job and life choices, trauma, but working on it actively, slightly older, similar hobbies, and arguably one of the most fun and exciting people to be around, despite some bad habits. Wild guy was undeniably genuine, attentive, and loyal to a fault. Things with wild guy were genuinely casual, and it took a long time for him to let me into his life. However, towards the end of my relationship with wild guy, things got pretty intense. He admitted his love for me, wanted to be together seriously, and wanted to start a life. At the time, I was frustrated it took him so long to get to that point. But hey, everyone has their own pace in life. Stable, serious guy was also putting the heat on. And there were several failed ultimatums laid upon me to dump wild guy. In the end, I left wild guy and went with stable, serious guy. We've been together for over a year. And I really feel like I have everything anyone could have asked for in a relationship. Except I really love slash loved wild guy. I think about him every day. I miss him on many different levels. Part of me wonders if I made the wrong choice. Stable, serious relationship guy is talking about marriage, kids, buying a house, and moving forward with our relationship. I cannot fathom this right now, especially when I know I still have love in my heart for wild guy. And I've heard from several others in our shared friend group. He thinks about me often too. Part of me also does love stable serious guy but it's a very different kind of love than wild guy and sometimes i think it's more love of a friend instead of a in love other factors that led to this choice include how i felt pressured to date stable serious guy by him ultimatum to dub wild guy my parents and generally people around who thought wild guy was a quote bad choice I also convinced myself stable, serious guy was a better choice. And since then, I've said to myself, you needed stability after your divorce, but I'm still generally unsatisfied, even though on paper, my relationship with stable, serious guy has everything I thought I could ask for and more. My question... My question for you two is this, should I have picked unstable wild guy who I deeply loved and cared for and likely still do instead of stable guy? Or did I make the right choice with stable, serious relationship guy? I can't help feeling like I picked the relationship and lifestyle I wanted, but not the partner I wanted. Unstable, but in love or stable with the hopes of love someday. My life would likely be very different with wild guy than it is with stable, serious guy. I should also ask, what the hell do I do now? Tell stable, serious relationship guy that I can't get wild guy out of my head. I've been clear with him that I'm not ready for marriage, kids, house, etc. But stable guy has also made it clear that I'm his only choice. As he is divorced also, he tells me that he's 100% in on a relationship and that there's no other person for him, nor will he likely go out and seek someone else if our relationship ends. That's a lot of pressure. 
I know telling stable guy about my thoughts about wild guy will definitely end the relationship, which I'm 50 50 on. Should I reach out to wild guy to see if the spark is still there? Or should I focus on the relationship I have with stable guy, which again is really good in a lot of ways. I've been dealing with this for over a year now and I'm at a total loss help. All right, MH, thank you so much for writing to us and asking us this question. Uh, it sounds like you're in a pickle here. Um, you know, I think you're kind of in this place where you're in like a textbook love triangle. Like it sounds like something that would be written by like Sarah J. Moss or something, right? Where it's like there's <laughs> there's this wonderful great guy that you have, and then there's the the brooding bad guy off in the corner, and you're we are like opening How do that I can pick? of worms. We're <laughs> yeah, opening absolutely. it. Right. It's like a real Peta Malark and Gail, whatever his last name is, situation. No, that is right. Barely, it's like a it's like an Edward and Hunter Jacob. Into this. <laughs> it's like there's like there's just so many different places where this I'm not uh, done with the book, but where, I'm reading Fourth Wing right now. <laughs> and it's definitely like Fourth Wing. I don't even remember the characters' names, but it's like the mm. bad boy and the good boy. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Absolutely. We're ruining we're ruining the show right now. <laughs> um, and there's a reason why those storylines are so compelling to us, right? Because it, it, it is such a conundrum. And, and I think it sort of plays into a trope that we have around the idea of how different people operate, right? Like there's good people and bad people and there's wild people and calm people, right? And, and having to choose between the two, I think is like something that can feel really daunting. Um, and I think what Sierra and I are going to talk about in, uh, our advice or musings to you is how do you disrupt that sort of like narrative that there's two choices and one is good and one is bad and figure out a way to actually live in the reality of what you're dealing with, which sounds like an unsatisfying relationship um, and somebody who you're thinking about a lot. So we're going to get into more about that in just a minute. But before we do that, we're going to take a short break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. 
Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, my darlings, welcome back. And thank you to our letter writer for writing and trusting us with this letter. Sam opened up a can of literary Goodreads review <laughs> worms no, by bringing up very popular uh, books uh, like A Court of Roses, Ro- Thorns, Thorns and, and Roses. Rose Thank is, you. Yep. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and uh, I'm reading The Fourth Ring right now, which I don't actually very much like. But so these very popular books right now that are like dominating. Like say that out loud. People are going to come for you. <laughs> <laughs> They're dominating like book talk and Goodreads. And listen, I'm I'm not gonna about to yuck anybody's yum. Um, uh, but the, a huge foundation of these books is this idea that like their this heroine, this protagonist, is pulled between like a traditionally good guy and a very bad, always like muscly sculpted bad boy <laughs> with like with dark hair and dark eyes which is oh, a fucking sure, little problematic uh, <laughs> um but uh like definitely adds to their hotness if anybody has seen my wife like they know what i'm talking about um <laughs> but uh yeah we before we pressed record sam and i were talking about like what is it that's like so enticing about that storyline because in real world practice it's confusing and it's often misleading like we're always like man Um, I remember being told when I was younger, like your soulmate isn't the person uh, 
who you love the most. It's the person that makes you feel the most, like any feeling, good or bad, you know? And when I was younger, I was like, oh my God, that's so romantic because this dude who was inconsistently in and out of my life and who was like love bombing me and then not texting me back and who could never commit. And then we had this total unrequited thing. I was like, oh my God, he's my soulmate because he's making me feel the most because like on this day, like 10% of the time I feel loved by him and the other fucking 90% of the time I feel devastated and longing. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, it's, it's a frustrating trope that's showing up in the letter writers um, question about like this serious stable relationship or this wild guy. And I think why we are focusing on the idea of these labels, even the names that you chose is because I think trying to make people into sort of like one dimensional character caricatures of themselves disempowers us from the ability to make really like autonomous, informed decisions. You know, you even say in your own letter, like, I don't know if wild guy is good for you from the things that you wrote out in your letter. It doesn't really sound like he was the right person for you at that time, you know, and you said to yourself, you were frustrated with this, how long it took. And that is valid. That's real. Um, and also labeling him as a wild guy in the letter and in life by like your friends and your parents and, and, and our own categorization, categorizing of people. Um, it's sort of, it sort of paints it as like, oh man, this bad guy is going to be bad for me in my life. And this good stable guy <laughs> is going to be really good for my life, even though I might not actually love like him, him yeah. like a partner, you know? So yeah. it, it, it fails us in so many ways. Cause I think like, as we see in the books, we have, we have to like fall for like a toxic person or we allow toxic behaviors or or we're bored <laughs> and safe. Like that's not yeah. right. Like that's that's what I get frustrated about these like love triangle triangles in books is that like it's not really setting us up for like success in the real world. And I get it. There are no dragons or fairies in the real world, but there are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there are people who are just not for us, despite how good and nice and kind and generous they are. Right. Like I think, you know, I think as I was reading your letter, I was, I was in this place of like, yeah, you got to choose one. And I know that that was like, that's felt like it was what presented itself to you, right? Like that's what the universe presented. It was like two men, one who fell into this trope and the other who fell into this. And then you had all of the people in your family trying to like pit them against each other and be like, you should go with safe, stable guy. Cause wild guy is a bad boy and that's not good for you. And I want to take a step back from that and say like, that's a false choice, right? Like the, the either or is not actually true. It feels true. Absolutely. And I totally get because of all the things that we've already talked about, but it's not actually true, right? Like there's actually like 12 other options that are available to you that aren't just, I pick this man or this man, I go with the bad boy or I, I fall for the good guy. Right. And like, I think probably that you're spending so much time sort of like fixated on and thinking about this like bad boy because that feels like the escape route from what sounds like a really unsatisfying relationship with someone who is 
wonderful and great and kind and all of the things that you listed and like, just not for you. Right. Like it's, it's not that he's a terrible person. It's not that he's the good guy and you should learn how to love him because he's so good. Right. It's actually just like, he's a good guy. And also you two are not compatible for whatever reason. It's not giving you what it needs to give you. And like, that's okay. And I know that you're feeling a lot of pressure because of your parents and your friends and everyone saying like, this guy is so good. And like, he's wonderful. And like, he's much better than that bad boy over there. (laughs) And, and also because of this like narrative that we have, which is that like good people deserve to be loved by everyone. Right. And like, that's not actually, that's not actually true. And I want to remind you in this situation, like I know that you're facing this immense pressure, both from the people around you and also like the narratives about how relationships works that we're all kind of like imbued in or like that are imbued in our understanding of the world. But you also have choices here, right? Like you don't have to just like somebody else is not authoring this book, right? Like there's no like divine person, like divine author who like presented you these two options and then is making you pick one, right? Like you get to decide. (laughs) I wish like that would be that would make things more spicy and interesting for us. But like you have autonomy here. You get to decide. You get to decide whether you want to be in a relationship with these people. And you are making an active choice every single day to be with this person, even though you feel unsatisfied by him, right? Like no one is forcing you to do this, but you, right? Like you are the person who's picking to be in this relationship. And of course there's like lots of sort of pressure and like, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy to disappoint people or to tell people that you're not interested in being in this relationship anymore, but it is a choice that's available to you. It's a hard choice. It may be a crunchy and uncomfortable choice, but it is still a choice that's available to you. Yeah. I also want to say like, I'm not sold that stable, serious relationship guy is like a bad choice for you. Um, Because I'll just say this. I think that I have historically been sort of intoxicated by some of these louder, more salacious feelings that I got from people who were more chaotic in my life. And that I I truly, I think I became addicted to them or I, I found them like a drug. You know what I mean? The highs and lows of the longing, the highs and lows of the passion. That felt way more like what I had been conditioned to think was love than the, the stable person who was home every night and who always told me that they love me. (laughs) You know what I mean? The consistency of that. I was like, well, this isn't exciting. (laughs) You know, I didn't say it so blatantly, but I was like, well, this is, this isn't passion. So this isn't love. I think everything that Sam said is so true. Like, it sounds like that, it sounds like you were pushed into a corner and because of the way we talk about relationships with such a scarcity mindset, you probably felt like, you know, this one relationship is good and I'm being asked to choose and my friends and family and myself are kind of fed up with this other choice. So I guess I'm going to choose this choice. So I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I think this relationship is good to go or not. I just wanted to point out that like, I think I had to like remove the, the lens from my eyes that, that had sort of put toxic chaotic love on a pedestal above all else. Um, because that's that's what I had been shown in movies and on shows and in fucking books. And um, 
and what it's what I had experienced. And so I, I went out into the dating world longing that sort of chaotic energy. And I will also say this, I have felt haunted by some of those chaotic relationships in years past because of the high that it gives you, because of the the unfulfilledness of it, of like, oh my God, what could it be if I finally like wrangled that fucking stallion? <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from, but the, <clears throat> the metaphor is there of like this, like, no, you I know, like, like, <laughs> like wild horse, like, yeah, what is it taming called? those wild horses. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, what if you finally tamed that wild guy? Right. And he was yours in the way you always wanted to like the unfulfilled nature of so many of my chaotic, toxic relationships had me haunted by them for years. And so I just want to point out that, like, you might have like a lowercase addiction to this person or a longing or a hauntedness that doesn't equate love. You might not need to go back there to be like, oh my God, he is the one for me because I keep thinking about him. No, he is just someone who you experience really high highs and really low lows with. So your brain is going back and like, like rubbing your thoughts over it, like a, like a chipped tooth. You know what I mean? And that in comparison to a serious stable guy that isn't really inciting all of this panic, you know, he could just be fine. I, I wanted to point out, like you were like, um, it feels more like a friendship. And you know what that tells me? Maybe this isn't the person for you. And also in my relationship now, like my partner is so stable and so good that I can confidently say like, we are friends. We like each other. We like spending time together. We like doing things together. And I think she's hot and, and I want to build a family with her and I feel romantic, you know, so I want you to think what, what is this good guy, serious, stable guy bringing to the table that you genuinely for, feel for him that might not be as like shiny and loud as those feelings of like, what if, or Ooh, taming the bad boy or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the issue here is that it's like this, this false dichotomy between these two things as if they're like the only two choices. Cause like, I also like, I appreciate what you said about like recognizing stability as something that can be helpful and that may not feel like extreme love because we're so used to the highs and lows and also push back and say like, I think that person that you were talking about, like you stayed with too long <laughs> because he was so kind and stable and you were like, I can't leave this person because like we're on this escalator. It should be like, it should be working because he's so nice because he's so kind because of all of those different things. And so like, that is also a thing that we can run into, right? Where it's like, we're focused on like, yes, this person is so wonderful. And so I should be with them. We should be in progressing down this path because that's what we do. And like not being able to see outside of that and and notice that like, we don't have to be on a path. We can be like in a, in a meadow somewhere, right? Where we're not just like choosing between two false choices, but instead saying like, is this actually working for me? And that's why like, I wanna separate this because I think there are like two separate problems happening here, which is like one, you're in a relationship that's on an escalator that doesn't feel like it's a relationship you actually wanna be in, but it's on an escalator. And so you're kind of just moving with it and then being like, why isn't this working for me? And then also this thing that Sierra is talking about, which is like, there's this intoxicating person right over there who I could be with, but like is bad and like all of these different things. And like, 
we're conflating these as being like two similar problems, but I think they're like separate things that kind of need to be worked out with like separate tactics. (laughs) You know, like how are you sitting in your relationship and being like, is this actually sustainable and fulfilling for me? Sounds like maybe not. And separately, why am I so intoxicated by this person who hasn't treated me really well, which is like a different thing than thinking about like, and, and our brains who love stories and who love to make things as simple as possible is like conflating these as if like they're, they're two sides of the same coin, but I think they're like separate coins. Like they, they need to be like deposited in different banks of like thought and care and time. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, my darling, I have been in similar shoes. I once was like, I can't date you ex-boyfriend of mine because you have tattoos and you smoke. And I <laughs> also had tattoos and smoked <clears throat> at the time. <laughs> Love it. Yep. I was like, you're a bad boy. I can't picture you in my future. And then I was like, look down at self. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we hope that this helps. We know you, you like all jokes aside, we know you are in a very tricky situation that requires a lot of um, thoughtfulness and care. And we're sending you over all the empathy in the world. And we hope this helps. Absolutely. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, if you want more content from us, if you would like ad-free episodes, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as access to our monthly office hours. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media Original Music Recording Producing all magical things by our good friend, Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and music. And remember, you are in control of your life. You are the author of this world. And even if you feel stuck in certain situations, or maybe you've got a contract that you have to see through or a lease that you have to stay in, you can always remind yourself of the small opportunities of agency that you do have. What choices do I have control over today? What, in what way can I show up more fully as myself in this moment? And if all else fails, just break up.